Second Thessalonians and the chapter 3 and the verse 5. I want to leave with you this prayer of Paul for the people of God in Thessalonica. Verse 5. The Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. The Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. And that's what we need. The most important part of us is our heart. Our heart is the core of our being, the desire life, the inclinations there, the affections. They run after many things, our hearts. It's our hearts that go astray very easy. Our heart first departs from the Lord before it becomes obvious in the life. It begins in the heart. And so Paul knows what to pray for. He is a minister who knows the important matter that the people of God need, even when they don't know themselves what they need. It is the need that your heart be directed to what is good and what is right and proper and important. The minister can't do that. He can hardly direct his own heart. Uh, never mind endeavouring to direct the hearts of others. And Paul knows he can't do that. He's a powerless man. And so he prays the Lord do it. Only the Lord can do it. The Lord direct your hearts. And that's a good prayer for the minister in this session to pray, Lord, direct the people's hearts to thee. And it's to the Lord's love especially that they are to be directed to. Only the Lord can direct our hearts into the love of God. This is the best direction of all, to be directed to God's love. Now the love of God, it might be his love for us, Because God has a great love for us and we need to be directed into his love for us. And that's implied in the text. And it comes out of the text. But I I don't think it's the main thing in the text. I think it's a practical thing. Waiting for Christ is a practical thing. We're to patiently wait for Christ and we're to be directed our hearts to patiently wait for him. And therefore it's a practical thing, this love of God, that our hearts are to be directed into the The love of God, the love for God. And our hearts need to be directed to love the Lord. That's the best direction we could ever get if we just are directed to love him with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our might. So I think our love to him is foremost here in the text. And that's the best direction. To have your mind set upon the Lord so that you, you have a great love for him. And why is this the best direction for our hearts? Why is it best if our hearts be controlled and directed and guided and saturated with the love for him? Why is that the best way to go? Well, it's the best way to go to love God and to be directed to love God with a great love because that's the fulfilling of the law. To love is the fulfillment of the law. To love God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself is the fulfilling of the law. And it begins with loving God. So loving God is the heart of the matter. If you have a great love for God, you'll fulfill the law, you'll keep the law. 
It's a way to glorify God. No matter what we do that has the appearance of faithfulness, that has the appearance of looking good and being a thing that glorifies God in itself, but if it's not done with a heart that loves him, it's not really done unto God, is it? So this is the first thing. This is the thing that sanctifies all our works, all our actions, not just to be seen by people, but out of love for God. So it's the best motive. It's the best way we will glorify God when we have this great love for him. And of course, it'll be easier to obey God, won't it? The person you love, you won't disobey, say. You won't hurt. You won't want to offend them and grieve them. And God wants us to obey his word and his law and to be holy. And therefore, if we have a great love for God, a great direction in this way, we'll find it easy to obey God if we love him. So it's a good prayer. It's a good way to keep us right and to regulate our lives. There's nothing that will keep the heart better than a love for God. It's the best hedge that can be about a human heart. That man who loves the Lord, how holy he must be. And the more he loves God, how much more holier he must be. And so just to be filled with love for the Lord is so regulating of, of us. And then it's a way to peace, isn't it? Because the person you love you think about all the time. And if you don't have their presence, you miss it. And if you love the Lord and you lose his presence, you'll miss it. And you'll want it back quickly. And it's the thing that gives you peace. The love of God, if you have a real love for the Lord, you'll be thinking on him and that gives you peace because the Lord keeps him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. And so if we love the Lord, we have the peace of God that passeth on understanding. This is the secret to peace. It's just to love the Lord. So you can see how, how important this prayer is. And then to love others. It's easy to love the Lord when you get a, a glimpse of him. Because he's so lovable. Just to see him is to fall in love with him. And the more you see him, the more you fall in love with him. That's just the way the Lord is. And uh, and if he directs us into that love of seeing him, we'll love him. But whenever we see a brother and sister, sometimes it's not so easy to love. Maybe there's a fault or two, and it can easily be blown out of all proportion, and it can affect our thinking of our brethren and sisters. And it ought not to. We ought to love our brethren and sisters, despite their faults, to be able to love them. I'm not saying it's easy. But we want to do it, and we endeavor to do it, and the easy path to do it is, is to have a great love for the Lord. If you love the Lord, you just love everything to do with the Lord. And the, the, the nearest and dearest thing to the Lord is his people. There's nothing dearer to him than his people, with all their faults, with all their sins. And, and he's seen more of the sins than ever. we'll ever see in a brother or sister. And how he loves our brethren and sisters. And so if we love him, we'll just love our brethren and sisters. You see how... How, how Paul's had it on the head, this nail. Direct him into the love of you, Lord. And everything will be all right. Everything will be right in that church. Everything will be right in the fellowship and the communion. If they're directed into the love of God. And how does the Lord direct us into his love? Well, he directs us by his word, the Bible. As was said this morning, laid under our feet. Well, here it is. God so loved the world 
The Bible directs us into the love of God by showing his love for us in his word. And by a spirit, it's a spirit that works in the heart, isn't it? And operates in the heart. So Paul, when he prays this, is praying that the word will work in their hearts and direct them there by the spirit into the love of God. And the special means whereby the Lord directs us into the love for him is to show his love for us. You can't be made to love people. Uh, Love wins. And it's hard for darkened sinners to love God because they have fears and because of sin, of a consciousness of sin, of a consciousness of the holiness of God. And the devil hides the love of God and there's, there's just total darkness in their hearts. But when the Lord takes away the darkness and shows to them his love, he, he wins them. He wins them. And that winsome love sheds abroad in our heart the love of God for him. So he has to show us his love. And he does that in the Bible. But he also does it in this table. Which is why I, I brought the verse here. This table is, is part of the, our direction into the love of God. Uh, whenever we see someone prepares a great feast for us, we know they have an affection for us, a love for us. Never was a feast prepared for us like the Lord Jesus. He gave us a feast of salvation, a feast of great things. He sacrificed himself, the Lamb of God, to be for us the meat that would bring to us the everlasting life. So he has given us a great provision in his love. And this table that was laid by him was laid in love. That night that he was betrayed. I mean, he he had a lot of things on his mind that night. He was so troubled, heavy-hearted. I think if it had been the rest of us, we'd just go and be alone and want to be alone with God and try to battle this through. But the Lord, he had to take time with his apostles and bring them around the table and, and say, I've laid this for you, that you'll know my love. And he's winning them, you see. He wants to win their love. This is my body which is broken for you. This is my blood which is shed for you. It's for you all done this, you know. He's not telling them to love him. The nearest he comes to it, it says, this do in remembrance of me. That's the nearest he comes to it, but he's really meaning love me. Love me. Because I have loved you. This is what I've done for you. So, So his love invites us. His love lays the table. His table displays the love, the broken body and the shed blood. So this would be one of the great means of directing us in the love of God. And may it please the Lord to show us his love and to fill us with love for him. We do love thee and adore. But oh for grace to love thee more. May it please thee that this table, Lord, will impart that love to us, that grace, for Christ's sake. Amen.